entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy times history and hip-hop equals trip life. Hey, this is Sierra Nicole, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Nicole Invest, or you can find me on Facebook at Sierra Nicole. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, dedication over distraction, and legacy over lost time. I am an entrepreneur, I am a leader, I am the power of empowerment, I am the lady of leverage, I am a trap star. Sierra, are you on? Yes, I am here. Okay, hopefully we're good to go. No more. Yes. No more glitches, but (laughs) I just want to say thank you for being patient. You are the definition of a writer. You know, your patience and your persistence to make this episode happen tonight is not go unnoticed. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate your patience as well. And I'm um, super excited. I, I definitely am honored that you even invited me to be on here in the first place. So um, no. I definitely had to make sure we made it happen. You don't even know. I've been really wanting you on the podcast ever since I started uh, <laughs> following you um, a couple months ago. I just love your content. I love how you present yourself and you're just always giving information and giving value to the people. So um, definitely had to have you on the podcast. Well, I appreciate that for sure. So I'm happy we're here. So yes, (laughs) take a moment to decompress after that stress, that anchor and it's glitchiness caused us, but we're here now. Right. Anchor did not want us to prosper today, but they we did made not. It. <laughs> they did not at all. They're like, no, this is going to be too good. You guys are going to mess up our thing. Exactly right. You guys are going to inspire our next competition. Like, right. yeah, we have enough competition tonight. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, Let's just um, get into your background briefly. Take us through your childhood, through high school, college years. What, what's who is Sierra? Right. So I grew up in Arizona. Um, grew up in, uh, I guess, a suburb called Gilbert, Arizona. Um, okay, familiar with many... it. Oh, really? I mean, usually people never heard of it. If I say Phoenix, they'll know Phoenix. So I'm not. Yeah. A little bit outside of Phoenix is in the suburb on the East Valley. Um, so I grew up in Gilbert. Um, we know went to elementary school, middle school, high school there. Um, high school, you know, I would, well, all really throughout, all throughout school, um, my family really pushed, you know, education. So school was number one thing. Um, you know, I was straight A honor roll student, um, you know, head in the books all the time. I played sports as well in high school. Um, but once I, you know, graduated and went to college, um, didn't play sports anymore. I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go. Um, changed my major quite a few times. <laughs> um, switched schools. What were some of your different majors? Right. So when I started, I was at a private Christian school for my freshman year. Started um, as a marketing major. Okay. Um, then I went to business and then I went to accounting. Um, I switched over to Arizona State, um, was an accounting major realized I didn't really want to be an accountant so (laughs) um like I said I I was kind of just going through the motions um throughout school I ended up dropping out actually what was it May of last year oh okay so I had about a year left um but like I said I was kind of going through the motions um I was working full-time as well as going to school um, so anybody who has, you know, done a full college schedule knows how stressful that can be. Um, I just had I had a lot going on. Um, I really spent a lot of, well, wasted a lot of time partying, um, wasted money, wasted time. Uh, I was barely, I was paying for these classes, barely going to them. Um, I'm not really sure. I feel like my teachers kind of felt bad for me and just passed me. <laughs> Because I should not have passed some of those classes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's really kind of my journey. Um, like I said, I, I wasted a lot of my years right after high school, kind of hanging out with the wrong crowd. 
Um, I moved to Texas a little over a year ago um, after I dropped out of school. Um, I moved here with my now fiance, Austin. um, And we, you know, kind of started from scratch, both of us. Um, And we have built these businesses now. um, But that's kind of really been my journey where I've thrived from because, you know, like I said, my family really pushed education. But when I tried to pursue that path, I felt like it wasn't for me. So I was just going through the motions. Um, And that's why I am such a huge advocate for entrepreneurship now because it has given me opportunities that I didn't even know that I had. I thought that I had to go to school and I had to, you know, graduate and I had to get a good job um, and just live that nine to five life. I thought that's all that I had really to look forward to. And I just didn't feel that, you know, in my soul. I didn't, the way I envisioned my life, it wasn't that. And so I think that's why I struggled so much through school. And that's why partying is such an easy outlet when you're in that environment, right? When you feel like you're not working towards something that's out of alignment with you. Right, right. 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 And so I like, I didn't really have anything to look forward to besides, you know, the weekend. So I was living for the weekend. Exactly. That was my whole life. Um, I was spending thousands of dollars to go to school. Um, barely going to class, going partying literally Thursday through Sunday, the little money that I did have, you know, obviously everyone knows that college life where you really, you know, can't afford much. I was spending it on alcohol, spending it on going out. Um, It was just not the right path (laughs) at all. (laughs) I was on the downward spiral, um, really. That's, that's very interesting. Our mm-hmm. our stories are somewhat aligned. Um, but with me, it was more of, I didn't party too. Like, I, I, I partied when I was in college, but not too much because I got all of my partying out in high school. Right. So I was not like you. I was not a straight-A student. But, yeah, definitely came from a family, both sides of my family, where – education is everything Mm -hmm. and was forced forced upon me and that just never really felt me I never really Mm -hmm. felt comfortable in a school setting didn't really always wanted to learn but never Mm -hmm. really felt like I was optimally learning in that environment right because do you agree with this that there's um, a connotation or a kind of um, maybe perception that once once you choose the path of entrepreneurship entrepreneurs don't believe in education or entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. don't want to learn so I think from people who are on the outside people who so especially older generations I feel like maybe they see because we're not taking the traditional route of education they see, you know, oh, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, business owner, you're not going to school, you're not going to college, traditional school, right? So maybe that there is that perception of, you know, we are against education, when honestly, it's the, I feel like it's the opposite. Complete opposite. Complete opposite. I have spent, listen, I was in school for what, what you're in school for like 12 years, and then I was in college for three years. Right. And this year maybe it's been like a year and a half, a year that I have pursued this entrepreneurship. I have learned more than I ever learned in anybody's classroom. Right. (laughs) I have spent money on books. I have spent money on courses. I have spent money on mentorships um, just to, you know, learn my craft and learn more about how money works, how business works. Um, So really I, I spend all day really educating myself and it maybe it's just, because I don't have, you know, a professor teaching me, but it's more, I guess, of a self-guided education. And I feel like most entrepreneurs can probably relate to that. Um, but yeah, there, there probably is that perception that, you know, we're against education when it's really the absolute opposite. I think it's completely the opposite. It doesn't, 
I don't know where that comes from. I think it, mm-hmm. like you just kind of described, is that perception of you're not taking the traditional route, so therefore you don't like the the thing that my family, the comments that they make towards me are, oh, you think you know everything. That's why you don't mm-hmm. want to go to college. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think that. Right. If if I thought that, I wouldn't be investing in going to leadership conferences right. and reading materials and webinars and right. everything else. So, right. and I, I've actually been in entrepreneurship for about, seven years now nice so it's not a matter and in seven years I've learned way more than I thought I did like Mm -hmm. I thought I knew more when I started out than I do now right right but I've learned so much along the way and and to be honest I knew a lot even back then Mm -hmm. it just wasn't as much as I thought I knew like Mm -hmm until you have those real world experiences right where like i had some very good theories but once your theories are tested out and you're seeing why they don't work or you're seeing why they do work right right and it's for different reasons than sometimes what you think right what you initially anticipate so um that all of that's been interesting mm-hmm. and, and so yeah i i I think that's a complete misconception about entrepreneurship, but it seems to be very prevalent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, especially in the, um, I guess, older generations or maybe people who are a little bit more, um, I guess you can say traditional, um, you know, they follow that mold of, you know, you go to school, you get a good job, you work until you're able to hopefully retire. Right. Um, And so, it's a little bit taboo, I guess. We're we're the ones taking that risk. And so they see it as, you know, you don't you don't care about school because you're not going to school when I guess my school is just a little bit different. Right. And it's it's a constant learning because Absolutely. I, I'm of the opinion that once people feel like they get degrees, they think they're an expert in that field. Right. Whereas entrepreneurs, it's constant learning twenty four seven. Absolutely. You have to remain a student. That's why I tell everyone when you are Keep a student mentality, right? All the time, all the time, no matter what, if what situation it is, no matter who you're talking to, find a way to learn from it. Um, that's what I tell people all the time. You know, you have to be a student at all times. Um, you know, you'll be continuing to learn from your experiences. Uh, experience seems to be one of the best teachers, um, but you should always be le- trying to learn more now to grow and expand your mind always. So take us into how you started the trucking business. Right. So actually Austin, my fiance. So when I met him, he owned his own truck. Um, Right. So he's been a, um, a driver maybe like three or four years now. Um, But it was just, you know, it was just him. He was just running, running his truck. And then we started learning more about, you know, business structures, LLCs, the importance of them. Um, we realized, you know, we need to grow and expand. And it's funny because as soon as we, we were actually preparing to go get um, a second truck because we had, you know, finally got an LLC together, started to get our business structure together so that we can grow and expand so that he doesn't have to run as much. Right. So we were getting ready to go get our second truck and he actually ends up winning a whole semi truck. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes, he won the company that we are subcontracted with. They did a raffle because he referred somebody over to the company. So I did a raffle for a semi truck, a brand new rebuilt Peterbilt. Um, and it's funny because he has sent an email that morning. And they said, okay, we're getting ready to do the raffle. And I said, because, you know, I'm really big on, um, I'm really big on, you know, manifestation, uh, you know, powers in our tongue about speaking life, right? right. And so I said, attraction. yes, absolutely. That morning, as soon as I remember, it was like 7.15 in the morning on the dot. I remember seeing that email and I said, you know what? They're going to pull his name. We're about to win this truck. I didn't know, you know what I mean? I, I, 
after that, it was, I didn't really think about it. And I remember a few hours later, he called me and said, you will not believe what happened. They pulled my name and we just won this semi truck. <laughs> amazing. Right. Right. And, it, and the thing is like, I couldn't, I was excited, but I couldn't even be surprised because we had been preparing for weeks to get a second truck. So I knew, I didn't know exactly how it was going to happen, but I knew that we were going to get a second truck. One and way so, or another. exactly, exactly. And that goes in again with the law of attraction. You can only receive what you're prepared to receive. So, in our minds, we have prepared everything. We have prepared our finances, prepared our systems, our payroll, everything. We were prepared to get a second truck and we were blessed with one, just free and clear. Paid not a dime for it. <laughs> That's awesome. You only had to pay what taxes on it? Not nope, nothing. Wow. Yeah. Taxes. That's amazing. Right. So that's how we got this. So now we have two trucks going. Um, we have a driver. He's absolutely awesome. And then hopefully before the end of the year, the plan is to have our third truck on the road. So the third truck on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's the one that really got me into the trucking industry. Um, I had I had I knew nothing about it until I met him. Um, but I actually it's actually something that I'm very interested in now. Um, I've learned so much about it. So, you know, someone who's been driving for years could talk to me and I could probably hold the same conversation just because I've been so fully immersed into the industry now. Um, but yeah, that, that's really how I, uh, how I got involved in trucking is through him. So like with the rise of automation, do you see the trucking industry changing in the soon future, the near future? You said the rise of auto nation? The rise of automation. So, like, artificial intelligence. Oh, and... right. Um, yeah, possibly. Because um, I know they're having, you know, like, those self-driving trucks right. and, and all of that now. Um, so, you know, it probably is um, definitely going to take a hit in the future. Um, I don't know when. I don't know how. Um, but the thing about our trucking company is this is not our end game, right? So, we use trucking to because trucking it obviously it makes good money um the overhead's very high so if anyone who's interested in being in the industry they have to keep that in mind you know it looks like it makes a lot of money but it's expensive to maintain so that's not our end game we use trucking because it creates it brings us in that you know abundance of cash flow so that we can invest into things that are more long term so that if and when you know the trucking industry maybe does go down where it's not as profitable. We've already put in other investments in place like our real estate. So it's really just kind of like a tool or stepping stone so that we can invest in more long-term ventures. Okay. Mm -hmm. So walk us through that. How did you get into real estate and what type of real estate are you in? Right. So I actually, um, my mom is a real estate agent. Okay. Did not know yep. that. Cool. Yep, yep. She's a real estate agent out in Arizona. Um, and it's funny because she's been in real estate for a few years and she absolutely loves it. But when I was out there, um, she would tell me, you know, oh, you should, you know, try it out. You should be in real estate. And I refused. <laughs> I said, no, I don't want anything to do with real estate. I don't want to be an agent. I don't want to deal with clients. I'm not even interested in property. <laughs> I literally, I refuse to do anything about, um, have anything to do with it. And so it's pretty ironic now that I absolutely love real estate. I think I just kind of had to come into it on my own. Um, but I actually kind of stumbled upon it. Um, I'm not an agent or anything. I consider, I was considering getting my license. Um, and so I had... Uh, started shadowing a few agents that I met when I moved to Texas and I don't know something just wasn't something just wasn't clicking with me Um, I was like well maybe I can be agent but I just I wasn't feeling it and I was doing research online because you know that's what I do I I love researching and learning and I stumbled upon a video on YouTube University you know we're all graduates from YouTube University University (laughs) yes definitely Um, I stumbled upon a video and a guy was talking about wholesaling and it just completely blew my mind. I was like, is this even real? Is it legal? <laughs> um, I was just, just like, it really just blew my mind. And so I really just kind of became obsessed 
I started doing research, learning about wholesaling, learning about the process. Um, and that's really how I got started and learning that there are other ways to get into real estate without being a, you know, a real estate agent. Right. You don't um, have to be a broker. Right, right. You don't. And I just started doing research on different creative strategies, um, just really immersing myself and realizing how important it is to invest in real estate um, for, you know, long-term wealth. If you want to build wealth, I feel like you really need to learn real estate um, and have some type of investment in it. So that's, I kind of just stumbled upon it online on YouTube and just kind of became obsessed. (laughs) And so what's, what happened with like your first deal? Right. So um, I, anyone who does wholesale, wholesale deals, they know that, you know, you kind of get stuck in analysis paralysis, right? Right. Um, Especially since, I don't know, some people think wholesaling is a little bit taboo, um, but you just do so much research. And I was so at first afraid you know, like, I don't want to get sued. I make sure I'm doing this right. I don't want to be breaking any laws. Um, but I finally got my first house under contract. Um, maybe it was like two months after I started researching. Um, and the marketing strategy was just looking on Craigslist. Um, I didn't know people still use Craigslist <laughs> up until <laughs> recently. But yeah, I found my first deal on Craigslist. Um, Craigslist is like the little engine that could right (laughs) right yeah I had no idea that people were still on there but they are they are still on Craigslist um and I had went and just searched through um the real estate postings and found someone who uh, maybe looked like a motivated seller I wasn't really sure but um yeah ended up being one ended up being able to get that under contract and that was my first deal from Craigslist um, and then after that, uh, it's funny because I tried cold calling, um, like pulling leads, cold calling. It wasn't really working out for me. Um, but it turns out all my, all the deals that I've done, all my leads have actually come from online marketing, like free okay. online marketing, um, on like Facebook and offer up Instagram, uh, platforms like that. So social media is a huge part of your business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's huge. Um, and it kind of, I guess, like I said, it kind of just happened on accident. I started with the Craigslist thing and I realized, well, maybe other platforms can be you know, successful as well. So I started posting on Facebook. I started posting on um, apps like OfferUp. Um, I actually just closed a deal from a lady who found me on OfferUp. Um, just started, you know, posting online free, free ads online i don't even do the paid ads i just do all free ads and that's where all my leads come from yeah so wow that's that's actually really impressive do you know how kind of astounding that is no (laughs) you think so (laughs) i think so i definitely think so like that you're able to do deals now how often would you say you do a deal um maybe like once a month um I would like to be more consistent it's just you know I'm trying to run also we have the trucking company and then doing my business credit consultation and things like that um really because I don't see a whole I'm not trying to have like a wholesaling business um it's more of just I'm glad I found wholesaling um it's a great way to make money but right now we're guests we're focused on you know buying holds and finding rentals so I use wholesaling strategies in order to, you know, potentially find um, investment properties for us. Um, right. And so that's kind of that's really my main focus. And of course, if it's a wholesale deal, then I'll go ahead and wholesale it. Um, but if it's a buy and hold, then that's something that we will pursue. Um, so, yeah, maybe like once and do a deal a month. Nothing okay. too crazy. <laughs> like some of these, I know some people close five, 10 deals a month. Uh, maybe if I had the time to really focus solely on wholesaling, um, but I'm really big on trying to have multiple streams and then obviously set up some things that are going to soon become passive. But yeah, I do about a deal a month on that, on the wholesaling side. So right now you're just focusing on creating multiple revenue streams for yourself. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just making, transitioning those 
revenue streams into passive income. Right. Exactly. And then on to the next revenue stream. Exactly. Yeah, yep, that's, that's kind of the mission that we're on right now. So is that like a three-year plan, five-year plan? What's kind of the uh, vision for that? Um, I know within the next three years, you know, I've, I believe, at least from the goals that we've set, you know, I, we should have, you know, a good three to four passive income streams for sure within the next three years. And you would consider your fiance an entrepreneur as well, right? Oh yeah, he absolutely. Would consider himself one. So, how did you two learn how to work together? Um, you know, you it... know... Mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, but it's like we often hear that, you know, you're not supposed to mix business with pleasure right. and relationships, and that like when you're an entrepreneur that you can't date and right. all those things, but. I keep finding situations where people are doing really well and they're doing well together. Right, right. They're business partners and, you know, romantic partners. Right, right. It's not easy. Um, and it's funny because some people, I don't know, some people think that we're crazy. But the way we look at our relationship, we look at it as a business. Uh, well, we base our relationship off of business principles, basically. Right. So, we operate like our, I feel like, you know, a business is an operation, a family is an operation, a relationship, you know, is a operation. And so we treat them as such. And so there are things that he is better at and there are things that I am better at. Right. So we all can, we both can contribute to the business, which I've, you know, obviously you know, to, we need a successful business to, you know, maintain our lifestyle um, and so that's kind of how we look at it. It's just, you know, the the things that he's not good at, like he is more hands-on, like he's out there in the field, right? He drives a truck, he deals with the driver. Um, he is the one who has all these great ideas. I guess I'm the more, you know, one who does the back end of things, right? So I do taxes, I'll do payroll, I'll do, you know, setting up certain things for the business. I'm the one who actually can implement those ideas that he has um and so we kind of just we kind of go hand in hand a little bit um like i said the places where he lacks i i'm pretty proficient in and vice versa so you um, complement each other exactly exactly um and so we found if we have found so far away to make that work um and like i said we kind of treat our our relationship off of business principles so we have the mindset of you know i need to be an asset to you you need to be an asset to me and that good right. that's the same thing within our business and we can minimize each other's liabilities exactly well. exactly so that's how that's how we look at it yeah that's i think that's the way people should look at relationships right i mean makes sense to me i don't I'm, yeah i don't so, get how someone could find fault in that yeah but you know we um we live in a world where people want things sugarcoated, right? Right. We want things to look like fairy tale, la la land, and that's just not that's, reality of it. That's not um, the reality of the world at all. At all, but people have this percep- perception, right? And so people say, "Oh, well, isn't it based off of love?" Well, of course we love each other, you know, but love is not going to pay the bills. Love is not going to, you know, keep people together. You can love people and have a toxic relationship. And so we can't really predicate everything based off of emotion. To me, that's not wise. So that's why we say we base it, you know, off of business principles. Because like I said, of course, that we love each other, but we have to make sure that we are both assets to our business, a.k.a. our relationship. So we both have to bring something to the table and we both have to benefit equally in order for it to work. And it's the same way within our business. I I absolutely agree. I, mm-hmm. I think more and more people should embrace that um, right. concept. Right, but you'd be surprised. Um, sometimes people think we're a little crazy. Like, oh, well, shouldn't it just be based off of love? And like, well, of course we love each well, other, but... Uh, but love changes, though. Right. So that can't be the only 
foundation behind things. Right, right. Like you just said, I've been in love before, but they were toxic relationships. Right. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. they weren't a firm foundation. Like, we couldn't build a life together, right. let alone a lifestyle. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, a lot of people don't really... um don't think of it that way just because it doesn't sound as good, you know? It doesn't sound that sweet. It doesn't because sound like... it doesn't like... feel as good in the moment, right? Right, right. Exactly. I'm in love. I'm at Oldfield. <laughs> right. I found my forever. Right. Oh, that's Bay. Oh, right. look at us. Right? <laughs> but this is an Instagram, you know? This right. is not Man Crush Wednesday and Woman Crush. I mean, Man <laughs> Crush Monday and Woman Crush Wednesday. But... Right. We, we, you, when you, especially when you have kids, right, you have Mm -hmm. to provide for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it can't be, well, we're going to have trouble providing for our child now because I don't like the way that you do your hair anymore. I don't like your new attitude. And then you don't have anything to show for the relationship. Right. Exactly. Right now, today, even if you two split, you have three businesses that you can show for your relationship. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And our goal, you know, obviously is to build. um, Right. And so we both have to be, you know, we both have to be assets and both have to have that vision. And, you know, so even when things do get hard, you know, because of course you're not going to like everybody all the time. Right. And so, you know, everybody has their own issues within the relationship. Nobody's, relationship is as perfect as it looks on Instagram <laughs> right but when you have that common mission and goal you're able to get through those things because you you think you know you know what we have a goal to meet we have a vision we have a life that we're working towards that we're building this empire for our heirs you know and so you're able to get through those times because you know that what you know what the end goal is Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and that's that, that's the way I'm going to build my uh, next relationship. It has right. to be based on that. Like, the way I look at it is I want my kids to be heirs. Right. So that means I have to put in the work now. Right. I want my grandkids to be heirs. Right. That means work needs to be put in now. Right. That means we all need to be on the same page. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially as an entrepreneur, um, if your partner is not on the same page, that can really be detrimental to your business. Exactly. Very detrimental to your business. And so you, you both really have to be on that same page, you know, you know, and say, you know what, you know, we may have to make some sacrifices right now, but we are, you know, we're building an empire, right? You know I mean? We, like, like I said, I call, I call my children our heirs, like the, they are going to get whatever it is that we pass down to them. So let's make sure that we are passing down wealth, right? We are passing right. down wealth building traits and habits. Um, and so they have to be on the same page as you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like what my mom passed down to me is I can honestly say she's the hardest working person that I know. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I have to be at that level or exceed it somehow, right. some way. Right. And so, and to this day, you know, she still has an, an amazing work ethic, you know. And for me, I want my kids to be able to say that about me. Right. And so that means you got to put in that work. Absolutely. Because seeing is better than telling. I can tell you. Hey, you know, uh, Pete Jr., work hard. You know, hard work is important. Mm-hmm. But if you don't see me putting in that time, right. you're going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, and that is true. That is very true. That's like, um, that's like seeing someone smoke a cigarette and they're telling you not to smoke. Right. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, the day's going to come around where you're like, let me see what's to the cigarette. Right. I saw them doing it. Right. Right. So we have to be the same way about our children. Um, you know, our we children. have to be the example for them. You have to be the example. Mm-hmm. And they're always watching. Always. Anything that, everything that you do, they are watching. 
Um, so that's why it's so important to make these habits really just a part of your lifestyle. And because I want, you know, I want our children to grow up and these wealth building strategies that we're implementing now, it's just second nature to them because that's all that they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's common to them. It, it's just, right. they've learned habits. This is how we grew up. What do you mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like not implementing these habits in their lives would be like uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. You're like, why did I do that? That's weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You want it to be something that is just natural for them so that they're not having to go through that whole learning curve, that learning uh, process that um, yes. a lot of us are going through now, trying just trying to figure it out. You don't want them to have to, you know, start off where you started. You want them yes. to start off can... where you ended. If we can shorten that learning curve, right. that that is tremendous. And I, I think that's what I want to do with this podcast. That's one of the main mm-hmm. um, principles behind it is I feel like I've had a very steep learning curve mm-hmm. and it's been, uh, you know, you know, tumultuous at times. Right. So for me, passing on some knowledge so that you can say, Hey, it took you this time. Let's see if I can condense that a little bit. If I can shorten that, if I can, you know, amend that in some sort of way. Right. That that's that's what I want the next generation to be able to do through our knowledge. Now, okay, you posted a very interesting story on social media today. Would you like to share that for the podcast? Oh, the um the photo of my car? Yes. Car story. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So when um when we moved, made or made our transition to Dallas, um it was I think May of last year. I had my daughter in October. Um, she's ten months now, almost eleven, and I I think it was around November last year, right? So I've had this car. It was a two thousand and one Honda Accord that my uncle gave me in high school. And I remember I told myself I was going to ride that till the wheels fell off. <laughs> um, that car probably had close to 300,000 miles on it. Um, actually, when I moved, I drove it from Phoenix to Dallas. That's okay. Yes, that took 15 hours, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, and I had that, that was the car that we had. Um, was always giving us issues, but you know, of course, we're grateful. Um, we're, like I said, we're just transitioning. Um, trying to get things together in Dallas um, wasn't the easiest. We went really went through a lot. Um, and my, I remember one day I was went to go drive Austin to his truck so he can go and work. On the way back, um, I remember, I think it, the car had like overheated or something. I was on I-20 in Dallas and I had pulled over. Um, he, Austin had to come and get me and we left the car there on the side of the highway because the insurance company, they're supposed to send a tow truck to come and get it maybe 30 minutes after we left. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Apparently, the car was sitting there for like two hours. And the guy finally brings the car to me after being towed. And he was like, um, was your car like this when you left it? And I was like, what are you talking about? I go and look in the car and someone broke into the car, tried to take my stereo out. And in the process, they messed up the wiring inside of my car so badly that the the company um the insurance company just totaled it because like I said my car was pretty old it had almost 300,000 miles on it it really wasn't worth much so it would have cost more to fix it um than it would be to you know uh then it was worth it cost more to fix it than the car was worth right so they totaled it out and so I went months without a car imagine having children trying to start businesses and you have no vehicle. It was rough. <laughs> oh, it was rough. Yes. And so I guess you can kind of say we had to, you know, make something out of nothing. And we started doing a lot of research. That's really one of the things that really stemmed us to doing research about business. You know, how can we not be in this situation again? Right. And so we did research how to build our business, how to build our credit, started building business credit and we told ourselves you know what we are not going to get a car in our personal name again we're going to get a car through our business no matter what 
And so we waited. I mean, we were patient. There were times where, you know, we were very tempted to just go and get a car. Um, but you, we say, you know what, we're just going to wait. We're going to be patient. You know, I know that this is the right way that's meant for us to do this because, you know, there's a lot of tax benefits. It limits our personal liability. Um, we didn't want to be stuck with this car for, I don't know, five, seven years. Um, this liability really, you know, we didn't want that on our credit. Right. And so we wanted to do it a certain way. Um, so we waited and we persevered and we finally, we got, um, well, Austin got his truck first. He has a 2019 Ram. And then a couple of weeks ago, I got my Mercedes uh, and they're both, you know, our business vehicles because we use them for our business. Um, so it's a business expense. And so we learned how to leverage our business leverage our credit, personal and business credit. Um, and we were able to finally go and get, we both got the cars that we wanted, um, walked in the dealership, no down payment, no nothing, just told them what we wanted, signed the papers and left. <laughs> so that was what that post was about. Um, it was really just to inspire people because like I said, I was driving a 2001 Honda then it I didn't even have the car but you know I still I still found a way you know so basically telling people you know there's no excuse because there's always someone who has it worse than you um and so that was really the reason why I posted I usually don't post post stuff like that but that was really the reason why I posted it and that's kind of the story behind the car <laughs> yeah and I, I don't want people to get the idea that she's flashy or something no. like that that like yeah. That's not you at all. Right. Um, you're very uh, humble, professional, down to earth. You're just sharing information. So right. that was uh, just an inspira inspirational story. Right, right. You know, that's what you're supposed to take away from it. Okay, people? Just to, <laughs> just to keep right. you on track. Right. Don't get up in arms about it. But yeah, um, I went from, you know, driving a 2001 Honda, then less than a year later, now I'm driving a to the 2019 Mercedes um I'm 22 years old and it's really I, I never imagined that I would be able to do that but you know because of the fact that we stayed so disciplined um and really just grinded worked in our businesses worked in our credit learned about business credit and learned how to leverage I was able to get what I wanted and it, it's not you know something that's just this crazy liability expense it's something that is benefiting our business um we're using it obviously as a write-off it's a business expense um it's in our business name and so we just we found a way to leverage because we have to get a vehicle regardless um and so we believe that you know why not use this as a tool and use it to its maximum advantage because our car payments are also building our business credit as well right and so going to, um, we had Will Roundtree on the podcast. I think it was episode, it's episode eleven or episode twelve, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, can't remember which one, but he was talking to us about. He has a book called Credit Is King, mm -hmm. available on Amazon and Audible. Go check it out. But. Um, he was talking to us about personal credit mm -hmm. and um, business credit. Now, can you kind of um, expand upon that and take us back into that very uh, pivotal part of business? Right, right. Yeah, so credit, I mean, cre like, like the book title, Credit is King. Um, and the thing that we've really learned about business and life in general, the world that we live in, it is a system. It's a game. And so you can't, I don't believe, I don't know if you can beat the game unless you're like, you know, the Rothschilds or something, but you can learn how to play it and thrive in it. And so in order to do that, you have to know how to leverage credit because you need to, and, and like maybe just break it down just in case people don't really know. So when you're leveraging credit, you are using other people's money, right? Other right. people's funds. You're not having to use your cash, all your cash up front to go and invest in something or even to just go and buy something that you want or need. Um, I feel like we're a lot of people, um, especially in our community, they're brought up to kind of fear credit because they're just taught how to use it and not leverage. 
Yeah, I, I had a fear of credit. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest about that. Like, I definitely was someone like who never. I, I never wanted to be dependent on credit right. because I'm like, you know, if I miss a payment, my credit score is going to go down. Like, right. or I didn't want to be in the position where I would even be tempted to like overspend. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been like, I'll just pay for everything in cash. Like I'm just going to pay what I can afford. Sort right. Of mentality. Right. And a lot of people have that same mentality. I grew up thinking, you know, credit was something that was bad. Um, you know, I remember when I wanted to get my very first credit card and my mom and my grandma both told me like, don't do it. Do not get that credit card. Um, and really I should have got the credit card earlier. Um, it's just, you need to know how to properly use it. Um, a lot of times, you know, we destroy our credit before we even get a chance to build up positive credit history. But when you do have good credit, there are so many doors and opportunities that can be open for you just by having a good credit score. Um, That's on the personal side and on the business side. Um, I I love talking about business credit. That's why I I teach other entrepreneurs how to build their business credit. Because on the business side, um, they are more willing to give you higher lines of credit. Um, And also, you know, just little things like your credit card utilization doesn't affect, you know, doesn't affect your score. So you can go and um, max out that $10,000 card and it doesn't affect your score. Um, there, there's just so many perks to having business credit. It's not attached to your personal social security number, right? So if, of course, you know, God forbid something were to happen, you are protected because, you know, they can't really come after you personally. They're coming after the business, you're, right. You just happen to be the owner of the business, but um, there's just, you know, a li- the liability factor of it um, is just business credit. It really is just a whole different, whole different ball game. It can really put you on a whole nother level. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. can, can you go a little bit deeper into business credit for us? Like yeah, what exactly? the particulars, um, the breakdown of, what what are the um, systems in place that measure your business credit? Right. So on the business credit side, there is Duns and Bradstreet and Experian Business. Um, so they're both just, you know, credit reporting agencies, um, similar to, you know, on the personal side, but just, you know, on that business side. And so your business credit is going to go based off of your EIN number. So if you have a business, you need to make sure that you do have an EIN number from uh, the IRS. And that's the number that you'll need to, you know, open up a bank account and things like that. So that's kind of like your social for your business. And then you'll um, have to get a Duns & Bradstreet number, which is just a credit file identifier with Duns & Bradstreet. Um, Both of those numbers are free. I tell people that all the time because I keep seeing entrepreneurs paying people for these numbers and they are absolutely 100% free. <laughs> I paid for it when I started my business. Really? I paid for it like through my accounting, mm. my accountant. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, I mean, they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll set up for you, blah, blah, blah. That, and that was part of right. what they offered. Like I, I guess when they incorporated my LLC right, or the right. S Corp at the time, maybe mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, um, but, you know, that's something that you can do online if you choose, you know, for, uh, for free. Um, you can yeah, register. I see you doing that every day. You're like, what is going on? Don't pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a lot of companies that will charge a couple hundred dollars. Hello. Sorry. Sorry. I had gotten Ooh. a phone call. <laughs> Sorry about I was that. nervous for a second. I was like, I, oh no. I know. We I, thought we were, I know. Um, but yes, yeah, so there are companies that will charge you for an EIN. Um, and then those when you go to sign up for Duns and Bradstreet, they will try to upsell you. Um, but you don't have to pay. And that's just what I want, you know, I try to advocate to people because especially as a startup entrepreneur, you're trying to save money where you can, right? Right. And a a lot of times the money factor will stop people from 
from doing it because they say, oh, I can't spend the money right now. Well, you can still get this stuff established without paying any money because it's free. So that's why I'm always, I'm always posting that, telling people, you know, you can get this stuff for free. Stop paying. <laughs> but yes, the, you definitely need to get those set up. Um, your EIN number and your Duns and Brass Street number. Um, Experian is another one, except, you know, you can't really sign up for a number for them. So once you get something reporting, it'll automatically generate a file for you. But yes, Duns and Brass Street and Experian are the two main credit bureaus um, on your Duns and Bradstreet side, you'll have a Paydex score. Um, so basically your business credit is going to go more based off of, you know, your on-time payments. Um, it doesn't, like I said, doesn't really, your utilization doesn't affect your score, which is a huge, awesome perk. Um, but it's really going based off you just making on-time payments to different creditors. And that's how you generate a good business credit score. So, takeaways for the people, Paydex, EIN numbers, Mm -hmm. those are imperative, uh, because like you said, you need them to actually start business accounts. That's like, it's really not that hard to start a business account, Mm -hmm. Uh, but once you have your EIN, um, and then... Dunler. You said what? Huh? Yeah. I'm just trying to recap everything you said. Uh, Yes. So what else? What else am I missing? I'm missing another. Duns and Bradstreet. Did you get that? Duns and Bradstreet number. Duns and Bradstreet number. Yeah. Okay. So those are the main takeaways, people. Yeah. Uh, But if you want more information... Sierra actually does credit consultations. Yes, yes, so I you do. One schedule on one, one with her. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I do one-on-one consultations, and basically we just evaluate where you're at, where your business is at now, and we create a plan um, for you to take. And then, of course, and I'll keep I'll follow up, um, follow up with you, make sure things are going smoothly. I'm available for questions and things like that. But we basically just come up with a plan. So that you can start um, develop establishing that business credit, I give you step by step exactly what to do, um, so that you can you know establish credit and you can start getting those you know credit cards, lines of credit, go get a vehicle, things like that um, in your business name. Mm-hmm. And what are the usual uh, price points for that? If you want to share it. Yeah, no. Um, so for the credit, uh, for the one-on-one consultations, I do 75 an hour. Um, it only takes that first hour. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I'll continue to follow up with you briefly just to make sure that everything is going smooth. Um, typically, people only need that hour just to set up a plan. And it's kind of really a, kind of a do-it-yourself. And then, of course, if, they, if my clients have questions, they can always call me or text me. And I'll walk you through it. I basically hold their hand through the process. It's just that initial fee because it does take a lot of time to, you know, make that plan for you. So it is that $75 fee uh, for that initial consultation. I think you are super talented in that you can increase your prices whenever you want. So (laughs) double it. Um, Maybe one day, but I do, you know. I know you're trying to help the the people right now. Right, right. Don't listen to me. You know, help the people. Help the people. I probably need to listen to you. (laughs) But I do have a course, though, that will be coming out the next few weeks. um, And it'll break everything down a little bit more in depth and give more information that is not as easy to relay over a phone call. Um, And then, of course, you'll be able to go back and um, look at the information whenever you want. So definitely, um, if you guys are listening, you know, you can follow my Facebook page. Um, Sierra Nicole on my Instagram page, Sierra Nicole Invest. I'll be posting all the updates on there, but that course will be coming out next month um, for a more in-depth look at, you know, how do, how do you establish business credit? And this is really all just going based off of my own personal experience and personal research and my own trial and error. Um, the goal is really to eliminate that trial and error, um, trial and error, <laughs> 
period for you guys because it you know it does slow down your process having to go it through definitely that. slows down absolutely yeah. absolutely so that's my goal is to try to uh, maybe you know allow people to learn from my mistakes and my process just to make it a little bit quicker for you guys absolutely mm-hmm. okay um the app is acting up so we might have to get out of here sooner than later yeah no worries but, but i wanted to ask you about you do live streams where you have guests on yes take us through what prompted that and what your interview process is like how do you prepare right so first starting the doing videos at all on facebook um so i am actually a very shy and reserved person um i hated public speaking i hated doing i hated even just recording myself um, and at the beginning of the year, um, you know, I made this kind of vow saying, you know, I need to get out of my comfort zone, right? So that people always say success is on the other side of your comfort zone. So I was determined to get out of that comfort zone. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start posting videos. I did a 30 day challenge. Um, so it was like my self affirmations. I did. So I recorded myself saying affirmations to myself and posted on Facebook for 30 days. And after that, it just kind of took off. Um, Not only my confidence, you know, skyrocketed, I was able to actually speak in front of people. Um, And then from there, I just started building my social media presence. And I realized that entrepreneurs need a, you know, platform, kind of like what you're doing, you know, giving entrepreneurs a platform to share their story, to share value to others. And so that I can be a resource for aspiring entrepreneurs, right? So that they can learn from my experiences and um, learn from these videos and interviews. So that's really what sparked that. I wanted to be a resource for entrepreneurs to learn and to just give them a platform to promote their business and share their story. Um, So I'm actually starting those back up. Um, It's been a little while since I've done one, but I'm about to start it back up. Um, I definitely have to get you on my calendar um, for sure so I can uh hear your story now <laughs> yeah since yeah. i got you on here right gotta, gotta return the favor for sure right right so i definitely have to get you on there but yeah that's kind of what sparked that um i was just trying to get out my comfort zone um really it was just kind of a self a personal development thing and it just it just blew up into something that i actually really enjoy doing yeah that's similar to how the podcast kind of started i was doing it um as a filtration system because I'm writing the book Mm -hmm. and then I just started having people on here and I just love hearing other entrepreneurial journeys. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's kind of how it all came together. It's I've been doing a lot more interviews than I initially anticipated, (laughs) but um, I love it. I love talking to people. Um, You know, September will be the last month that I'm actually doing guest. Oh, really? Yeah. And then because the season one will be wrapped up by October, mm-hmm. like early October at the latest. So, right. um, and then I'm going to go dive deep into the book writing process, kind mm-hmm. of finish, finish finalizing all of that. And right. then, then season two, you know, probably start up uh, sometime early 2020, like mm-hmm. January thank you that's awesome well i'm definitely honored that i got to be on the first season um yes definitely honored i, I love I what you're doing a lot more questions for you but the app is acting up so i do have a question i have two last final questions for you mm-hmm. one is will you be back on the podcast of oh, just let me know when <laughs> awesome all right. And then two is, do you have a question for me? I've asked you a bunch of questions today and you can maybe throw one out at me that, you know, I'll come on your podcast. I mean, your live stream anyway, your platform, but you can maybe do a preview now if you right. want. Yeah, I'll definitely have to have you on there. But um, I guess you kind of answer one question that I have about how did you get started? Um, but Trump Life, how did you come up with that? The concept of it? So, in the name. it 
all relates, but a lot of my hip hop, I mean, a lot of my entrepreneurial journey is tied into hip hop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the era that I came up in was trap music. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Young Jeezy just came out with an album, right? On, right. I think, Friday. Young Jeezy inspired uh, me a lot, just having that grind, the grit. Like, when I wanted to make money, I listened to Young Jeezy. Like, right. <laughs> it just got me going, just got right. my energy flowing. Like, um, I remember the first job I had was at uh, Victoria's Secret, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in, like, the back room stalking, but I had to be there. You have to be there at, like, 3 in the morning, 3 to 6 shift, 3 to 7 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I am not – I'm a night out, like, by nature my whole life. Right. So getting up at 3 in the morning, it's like – I'm I can come back in the house around three in the morning, but <laughs> right. you're telling me to be somewhere by three in the morning, that's hard. But it was like I was listening to the before Young Jeezy became a solo artist, he was with this group called Boys in the Hood and they had a song called uh Dumb Boys and there was a line in there like Boys in the Hood sell anything for profit, five mm-hmm. in the morning on the corner clocking. Right. And that just got me <laughs> that gave me the energy that I needed to get to Victoria's Secret <laughs> on time <laughs> for that stretch in the morning. Right. I'm listening to that on the way there. I had it even in the iPod just to get me there, like, because I don't drink coffee. I wasn't into energy drinks. It had to come from me. And so <laughs> there I am at Victoria's Secret, a job that I hated, but it was, it was okay money. Right. Um, and it was kind of like my first you know, legit square job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but even all through high school, it was even middle school, it was Jeezy, uh, it was T.I., it was Wayne. Right. That's what got me, like, hyped. That's where I'm like, okay. Like, when uh, Wayne came out with that song, Hustler's Music, I still listen to that, where I'm like, okay, let's get, let's right. go out, let's get it. And it was more from, not even just rapping, but like it, I would get business ideas off it. It would spark mm-hmm. so much for me. And, um, you know, I can honestly say that it's not hyperbole for me when I say hip hop saved my life. Right. You know, in middle school, I was very isolated. I was bullied and didn't, I only had like three friends, three or four friends in the school. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them recently passed. Mm-hmm. you know the start of july yeah, and sorry about that yeah he's someone that became an entrepreneur too and we kind of had similar journeys there was a while where we didn't talk uh but it it all it all kind of came together um trep is actually a term that entrepreneurs use amongst each other but it's never really become popular mm-hmm it's always been a, like a kind of you'll, you'll see people use it very sparingly and mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of even entrepreneurs don't even really know about it. Yeah, I've and never I, heard I it. Even, until, and I don't yeah. think it's that popular. Like because people use it on social media. I don't even I've never heard someone use it in regular conversation. Right. Right. So it, it's like a hashtag that like kind of caught on, but never really caught on. Mm-hmm. Like was kind of bubbling for a while Mm. and so i took that like instead of trap trap because i believe that people can fulfill their potential in all sorts of different ways it doesn't have to just be one you can change your environment you can leverage your skill sets right absolutely that's awesome that really is awesome that's definitely um I've never, I never heard the heard, um, heard of the term trap until you know I met you in your podcast. Um, but that's that's an awesome story. Yeah. Well, I thank you for coming on and giving us another classic episode. So of course, round of applause, and I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to tune into 
we, we really do have so much to talk about because we, we didn't touch on like half of the conversations that we've had, like, yeah, I know. Podcasts, right? I know, seriously. It's like, I know, I know we don't want everyone to listen to a two hour show. So I'll definitely have, right. <laughs> we'll definitely have to um, do another one um, for sure. I just have so much information. I just want to give everybody. It's just, yes, sometimes and, it's hard and, to just try to cram it into one session. And you do a great job at explaining that. Like, so everyone, please do yourself a favor and follow Sierra. Um, can you give us your social media one more time? Yes, my Instagram is Sierra Nicole Invests with the S at the end. And then um, you can just find me on Facebook, Sierra Nicole. Um, it's S I E R R A. Then Nicole is N I C O L E. Um, you can guys can follow me on there, add me, I'll add you guys. Um, I love to connect with people. Um, I really just share information and share content all day because that's what I love to do is educate people. So um, definitely uh, stay connected with me. Phenomenal content. And we will um, share your page on uh, the Trap Life uh, Instagram account that we launched today. So awesome. Appreciate it. Also, be sure to follow that one. Yes. Okay. And it's just Trap Life at Instagram? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think it's Trap Life Media. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I recently just shared a couple of things from it. So you can go to my page. Okay, for sure. I'll oh, have to I haven't given my uh, Instagram out before on the, the Trep Life on a podcast. So my Instagram is actually Duality CEO. You can follow me on there if you want. Again, I'm your host, Pete Perkins Heard. And we had the honor and the privilege of having Sierra Nicole bless this episode of the Trep Life podcast. I appreciate it. And without further ado, we wish you peace, prosperity, and purpose on your journey and we are out peace out all right see you welcome to the trep life podcast we will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship empowerment and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture all of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens so prepare for an engaging transformation just a friendly reminder if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. E-cubed, meaning entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy, times H-squared, meaning history and hip-hop equals trap life.